Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. There's a peace I've come to know. Though my heart and flesh may fail, there's an acre for my soul. I can say it is well. Jesus has overcome, and the grave is
hour that man has ever known is just ahead. Like a train that's traveling. And you see a tunnel. And you know the train is going to ride through the tunnel. And you know for the length of the tunnel it gets dark. Some dark you cannot see. But you're okay because you know you're on a train and that train's coming out of that tunnel. Hear me, says the Lord. Hear me, says the Lord. You are on a journey and you are swiftly approaching the tunnel of the greatest darkness you have ever known. It's going to get dark. Darker than you've ever known it to be. You won't be able to see. You won't know what's going on. You won't know what tomorrow holds. You won't even know if you're going to make it through the day. I will unleash the dragons, the ancient terrors. You will know what was uttered and sealed up for this time. How about that? All right. We know we're at the end. We know this is it. He told me it was necessary just for that brief moment because the outer darkness just told me it's the darkness, outer darkness in hell. And that's what the three days of darkness is. It's alive. Somehow it's alive. In the, in the dream that the Lord gave me that, I, that is titled The Silver Mist, there was no sun and no moon. I was standing on a plane watching the sky with a family member of mine. And as we watched, there was no sun and no moon and no stars for three days. There was this fake artificial lighting in the sky that was very foggy and there seemed to be light coming from one portion of the sky but I can't even say it was light in a circular shape like the sun is supposed to be it was just this fake day that we were getting that wasn't real sun and at night it was so pitch black this false lighting went away and it was it was terribly dark and so that is one Last night, the Lord began to show me how the United States are going to find themselves very soon in a mix that they didn't think possible will come to this land. I saw people running to and fro. Hallelujah. It looks like the three days of darkness was upon this land. It was in the middle of the day, but it was dark, and people were running. Hallelujah. People had no peace after the three days of darkness, confused. A lot of people had a lot of questions, what is going on, what caused them. I could hear the, the, the media, scientists and all that, like on television and radio saying, they were trying to figure out why did these three, three days of darkness happen, what, what caused it, why were these things happening. And it was like being back in the time of Egypt when the angel up there came into the land and it, and, and it was darkness, it was evil, the, these people were being killed. My brothers and sisters, the first boy was being killed before Pharaoh had no choice to let God's people go. It was all to let God's people go that the angel of the supervised by God Almighty, because God said, I will pass through the land. And it also said, the angel, the angel of they will pass through the land. And the Lord says, I will pass through the land. I judge the being poured out. 
The darkest hour is soon to come. That hour will be tragic. Tragic for many. For many who are lost will not find their way. They will wake up in an eternity of flame and torment because they have rejected the one day too late. Many today
And it's what the Lord has said to us. There's not much left before the Lord bring us home. My brother insisted his word, we believe, has been preached. The gospel has been preached to the end of the world. And he says that when the gospel will be preached to the end of the world, then the end will come. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, and where we are going to begin tonight. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 10, finally, hallelujah, anything finally is the end. The end of all word, the end of all conversation, as Solomon says, is to trust the Lord in the book of Ecclesiastes. So finally, at the end, what do we do? Uh, the Apostle Paul says to the Ephesians, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Hallelujah. You cannot be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind unless you have committed your life to Jesus, unless you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you are repenting daily, and you are under the presence of the Lord every day, as you repent your sins, your trespasses to the Lord, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Then, my brothers and sisters, hallelujah, we can pray and ask the Lord for strength, because we all need it in the Lord. God always meant for us to be strong in him. There's no way that we can be strong in the flesh or be strong in this world, my brother insisted, because a stronger man, when it's become, hallelujah, to be in sick or anything, can be laying down on the bed without any strength to get up, my brother and sister, like anybody else, like the skinniest man who never lifted any weight. Okay, so God never meant for us to be strong in the flesh. God meant for us to be strong in the Lord, to be strong in his presence, my brother and my sister, because we can only be strong in him. We cannot be strong in anything else, because anything else down here is not of God. I want to share with you about Jacob. I see, hallelujah, as Rebecca was praying it, with Jacob and Esau, it was revealed to Rebekah that the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. Two minors of people shall be separated from thy body. Hallelujah. And hallelujah. And the one shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. Hallelujah. Because Jacob will be walking in the spirit, God prophesied, God said, God pronounced that Jacob will be stronger. You see that our strength is in the Lord, from his spirit, from his presence. It's not by mind, it's not my power, it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. God never meant for us to depend on anything else by him. All creation that God had created from the beginning, God had created to depend on him, on his spirit, on his presence, on his strength. You want to be strong. You need to learn to be strong in the Lord. You need to ask the Lord to give you his strength. You need to pray, you need to fast, and you need to ask the Lord. 
to give you his strength. Hallelujah. A few weeks ago, I began to ask the Lord to give me his, his uh, peace. My brother insisted. And there was thing going on in my life that I should have been worried about. But the Lord given me such a supernatural peace inside of me that I was not worried or concerned for what was happening in my life. My brother and sister, nothing worried me. Nothing concerned me. I said, kept asking the Lord every day for his peace. Hallelujah. And the fact, as I had that peace of the Lord in my heart over my life, I was meditating on why did the Lord tell us that if we worry for anything, we sin. My brother and sister. And I, when I was in that tremendous peace of the Lord, I could meditate why not being in the peace of the Lord is not truly trusting the Lord. And when we don't trust the Lord, we lean on our own understanding. And that's exactly what the Bible says that we should not do. My brother and, my brother and sister, that's what the Lord says in, the book, in Proverbs. Trust the Lord with all thy heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Leaning on your own understanding is, that whatever you think you know, you think it's going to get you through because you went to school. You learned something. But there is no counsel against the counsel of the Lord. The wisdom of the, of the Lord surpasses all the wisdom of men. And what he imparts in our life and our spirit will give us the strength, my brother and sister, to go through anything in this life, especially because the Lord is in control of this life. Hallelujah. The one who is in control is telling us, you and I, hallelujah, my brother and sister, to depend on him, seeking the Lord's strength. Finally, my brother, and be strong in the Lord in the power of his mind. Hallelujah. And the way to maintain that strength in the Lord, the apostle Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. That's how he retains the strength the Lord gives you every day. My brother insisted. Hallelujah. Paul says, put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wile of the devil. The devil will throw against you anything and everything he has to try to bring you down. But God says that as long as you're putting on, on your life his armor daily, put it on. And I'm sorry that I'm saying daily. Hallelujah. But it's an advice. Because it doesn't say daily. Actually, my brother insisted, when the Bible says put on the armor of God, if you just put it on a minute ago, and you need it in another minute or in another second, do it again. You don't need to wait for tomorrow. You don't need to wait for another hour. When the Bible says pray without ceasing, it cease not to pray. That is praying always, as the translation says. Pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. People might say, why are you praying so much? But you're going to find out that people, the more they pray, the most victorious life as a Christian they would have. A lot of people, when they're looking for work, when they're unemployed, they're so desperate. I need to have some money. And sometimes the Lord will maintain you without a job so you can seek the most important. And then when you go back to work, and you are working, and you don't have time to pray and seek the Lord, then you begin to miss what you have. And then you say, oh, man, God was right. 
spending time with God is more important than working and making money. Because I have the strength of the Lord. I have the presence of the Lord. And now all that worry, now you don't have that peace. All that worry comes on you. You, you, you don't have that joy. All, all the worry and all the concern of the world comes on you. And people will begin to be confused. My brother and sister, hallelujah. Praying without ceasing is the best any of us can do. My brother and sister. And being, having the strength of the Lord is what we need every day. Why do we need to put the armor on our parts? Explain that to us, please. Because you wrestle not against flesh and blood. He will say, my brother, my sister, you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality, against power, against the ruler of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Hallelujah. Can they harm you is the question. If you don't put on the armor, shalom, sisters, if you don't put on the armor of the Lord, if you don't put out the whole armor of the Lord of God, and watch, I'm sorry, the whole armor, not just some, okay? Put the whole armor. If you don't put it, can they harm you? Well, a lot of sickness are demon. A lot of headaches are demon. A lot of confusions are demon. and sisters, a lot of arguments are demon. A lot of fightings are demon. A lot of disagreements are demon. One time the Lord showed me, my brothers and my, I will visit my family in New Jersey, and for some reason with six, two sisters, four brothers, we cannot get along. I took that in the prayer, in prayer with the Lord. The Lord revealed me a demon, the devil sent in the family to make us disagreed. And I was like crying like a baby, oh Lord, how can this be? The devil sends demon into family to make them disagreed. Father against children, children against father. Family are totally in disorder and total, totally divided. The devil is doing this, and he's laughing and getting away with it because people don't pray it anymore. My brother insisted. People don't take the whole armor of God anymore. So the devil is getting, getting away with so many things. My brother insisted. He's on the other side laughing it up, having fun with people. Because one thing... He can guarantee is that if people don't go to God to protect them and defend them and cover them and fight for them, he's going to get away with many stuff that it should not be so, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Oh, my Lord, help us. Help us, help us, help us, help us. Hallelujah. So the Apostle Paul don't want to see the church in division, fighting, and argument. Don't want to be the brother uh, against one another. So he's telling them, hallelujah, how they can work together and be together as one. And it's not by ignoring the wiles of the devil. It's by knowing that the devil is going to throw all the wiles he can against you. My brother and sister, a lot of people, a lot of the elders will tell you, churches back in the 70s and 60s were more united. Hallelujah, like, like 90% more, 99% more than now, they'll say. And then you ask them, in, in your opinion, why do you think uh, these elder people read the Bible? I remember this elder up north, she's reading the Bible every day. The first thing she gets up is to pray and read the Bible. Hallelujah. And I asked her one day, sister, why do you read the Bible so much? Why are you? And she said, it's the first thing I do. Oh, because we need it so much. We need God in our lives so much. And she began to explain to me. 
And I and the presence of the Lord was so strong in her. I says, Elder Jesus her name. Explain to me these things. My brothers and sisters. I said, Wow. Tremendous anointing. She had a Bible from uh 1918, not 1916, 1918. And a lot of the things that King James translated in the 1916, she didn't like. She liked the 1918. Pure word. Reading the Bible, the presence of God is so strong in you. My brother and sister, if you can get a Bible from 1918 or 1908, please get it. Any Bible, King James from before 1916, 1960, I'm sorry, get it. Because it's a pure word, my brother and sister. My Lord, my God. Therefore, Paul says, take unto you the whole armor of God. Again, he is repeating the same. Shalom, Brother Miguel. Every time God tells you something twice and more and more, it's because God knows that you need to hear it. Because if you forget this part here, that's what God is saying. Listen, my children. If you forget this part here, that is so important for your, for your protection in your life, for your family, for the unity of the saints. If you forget this part, hallelujah, the devil doesn't forget what he can do. You neither cannot forget the protection of God over your life. Again, the apostle Paul says, hallelujah, in verse 10, finally, brother in the Lord, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Verse 11, put out the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wild of the devil. He says in verse 11. Verse 13. Therefore take the whole armor of God. Apostle, why are you repeating yourself so much? It's not that he's repeating himself so much. It's that God is impressing in him. That we need to put on the armor of God. That this is not something we take lightly. This is something you do and you do and you do until you do it well. You practice, you practice until you do it like breathing. My brother and sister, very important. Hallelujah. Therefore, verse 13, and take the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand in the evil day, having done all to stand. God wants each of his child, each of his children to stand. God wants the bride of Christ in the last day to stand firm, to stand in the Lord, to be standing, not to be downbroken. My brother and sister, and the devil will break people with his evil. People will find themselves doing things if they don't pray, if they don't seek the Lord, if they don't put their armor on. They're going to find themselves doing things they never planned to do. Because it's not their plan. It's the devil's plan against your life. But if you put the armor on God, God will assure you will have victory against the enemy. And you cannot put on the armor of God unless you pray. Unless you go to God in prayer, you cannot put on the armor of God because you need to confess the armor. Hallelujah. We're going to read that. Thank you, Lord. Verse 13, stand therefore having your loin girded above with the truth. You can say in prayer, I take the truth of your word as my protection. Having the breastplate of righteousness, I take in the name of Jesus the prayer, the breastplate of righteousness over my life. Are you listening? You can take it in prayer every day, every morning. Hallelujah! You have, you will have victory against the enemy. 
if you do so. I've been doing it for years. I've been having victory for years. I will not have do. I will not do it any other way but the way that God is telling us to do so. Verse 15. Your feet, hallelujah, will shout the preparation of the gospel of peace. I take the gospel of peace over my feet as a protection wherever I go. Thank you, Lord. Verse 16. Above all, take the shield of faith. In the name of the Lord, I take the shield of faith today over my life. I take them, I pronounce them, I say them in my prayer, day and night. And I tell you, it works. It's powerful. My brother, my sisters, when I tell you it's powerful, it's powerful. The enemy doesn't like it. He doesn't like it at all. One time, years ago, I have put on the armor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I will share that. And my brother and sister, I have put on the armor. I went to this place, hallelujah, that I was invited to. And the Lord opened my eyes, the enemy coming to that place with demons. I saw demons hitting upon my armor. They cannot hurt me. But they were hitting my armor and the spirit. It was such a revelation. My brother and sister, the Lord's given me to show me how powerful the armors are. And I saw them trying to penetrate to the armor that I had taken. This armor here in Ephesians 6, my brother and sister, and they could not penetrate the armor. But they were not stopping anyway until I rebuked them in the name of the Lord. And the Lord sent his angel. Boom. Hallelujah. But they could not penetrate the armor. If I didn't have the armor, my brother insisted, yes, like the cartoon of Pilgrim Progress, if you have that link, sister, put it in the chat room so my brother and sister can watch that movie. That armor, is, I saw that in the spirit, that same armor, golden armor, protection armor. I had that armor on. And, the, and what I had above the armor is the hate of protection. That God held over Job and his family. You need to ask for this. Hate of protection. Because they could not hit my armor because they were hitting the hedge first. My brother and sister, they would try to get to the armor. But the hedge was over me. Clear, like, like, like circle, hedge over my life. But they were beating on, the, on this hedge of protection. But they could not penetrate it. My brother insisted. Thank you, Lord. God was showing me how powerful it is. Hallelujah. Then after that, I had the armor. Hallelujah. It's very important. But he showed me my armor that I had taken by the word of God. Above all, take the shield of faith. I take every morning the shield of faith in the name of the Lord. Every night. My brother insisted. Thank you, Lord. Whereby you should be able to quench all the crazy dark of the wicked one. Hallelujah. What is a shield for? To quench the dark of the enemy. Oh, and they send them. I saw witches at one time up in Massachusetts. The Lord opened my eyes. I had come out of prayer. I had put on the armor, the hedge of protection, and the wall of fire around my house. Zechariah, I believe, 2-5, the wall of fire. And when the Lord said, I'll be the wall of fire, saith the Lord, i be the glory within the midst. I pray that also. And it's so powerful. Okay? And these witches, the Lord opened my eyes. They were throwing these firing darts over me. And none of them can hit me directly. My brother insisted. But one thing the Lord showed me was that before they could, 
But when you take the, the army and the hatred of protection, they cannot anymore. Hallelujah. God was showing me back then not to be careless. Because when you as a Christian don't take this armor, you are being careless in the Lord. God don't want us to be careless in him. My brother and sister, very important. Hallelujah. Verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation. This is another one that is important. I said, Lord, take, take the helmet of salvation over my life. Thank you, Lord. Now, all these armor, you can pray it over your family, your children. My brother and sister. And hallelujah. I go to, to the Lord in prayer, and I pray it over my children. And I tell the Lord, I ask the Lord that these armor will be put on them. And the Lord confirms to me when he puts it on them, my brother and sister. I ask the Lord, do these armor to be put on my children because they go to school? My brother and sister. And in school, most of the teaching today is demonic. We know that. So we need to pray that these armor, especially the, the helmet of salvation to over the life, my brother and sister. The sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit. I, I want to share with you how powerful the sword of the spirit is. That the Lord showed me his entire army, which I share here on the Lord's hour. And this entire army, it was us. A lot of us here were there as the, the Lord entire army. We had a sword on our hand that we came to fight with. It was a sword that we've been asking the Lord, that we've been taking in the Lord called the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We are coming to fight with the sword of the spirit, my brothers and sisters, which is the word of God. It will be in our life as an entire army to come to fight with the Lord against the enemy army that will be come out of the earth, my brothers and sisters. Think about it. Hallelujah. So we need to be responsible now as Christians, obedient to God, look into having these armor every day, my brother and sister. When someone tells me they're being attacked, hallelujah, there are two reasons why you could be attacked. One is you're not putting on the armor, and the other one is unforgiveness. Years ago, the Lord revealed me that the enemy can attack us through unforgiveness. And the moment you have an argument with someone, you want to pray to the Lord right away that you want to forgive them. Even if it's hurt, even if that person has heard you with word, you want to pray to the Lord. You want to forgive them. If you, go to, if you need to go to your car and pray, if you need to go and pray with the Lord and pray, you want to forgive that person in prayer. Because if now that opens the door for you to be in attack, and the witches and warlock can attack you through it. Unforgiveness is a big open door. My brother insisted. Hallelujah. Even in marriage couple, let, that, let the sun not come over your uh, arguing, the Bible says, that, uh, Paul writes to the churches. Like, don't go to bed in disagreement and arguing because the devil will attack you. Bible insisted. So understand why did the enemy will write someone to argue with you? Because the enemy wants you to have unforgiveness towards someone where we will have the open door for him to attack you. Hallelujah. Very important. You check with the Holy Spirit, not with me. I'm not the Holy Spirit. Check with the Holy Spirit. Check with the Lord. If you have unforgiveness in you, ask him in prayer. Say, Lord, do I have unforgiveness? Show me in a dream and a vision if I have unforgiveness. And the Lord will show you. 
Learn to ask the Lord in prayer to show you in a dream and a vision. Because when you build on that relationship with the Lord, that cannot be stolen for you for, forever. You will continue in that relationship. You will continue to grow in that relationship. It's very important that you build on your relationship with the Lord, that you will immediately ask the Lord. Don't go to the Lord through men. God do not like that. God was not pleased when the children of Israel did it and said, Moses, you speak for us. No, that's not what God wants. Hallelujah. I had this conversation with the Lord, okay? And the Lord said that to me. Tell them to come to me, Jesus said. Very important you understand. He doesn't want to have a relationship with you through someone else. He wants to have it directly with you because he is your creator. He created you in the womb of your mother. He formed you in the womb of your mother. Okay? You're supposed to have that. If something is blocking that, then you need to repent. You need to work on your relationship with the Lord. Very important, my brother and sister. Please don't be offended. Take it as an advice from a brother that loves you and pray for you. Amen? Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Remember that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Hallelujah. And you can use it. You can use it. God wants you to use it. God wants you to take it. My brother and sister, he's given it to us. Take it. Verse 18, praying always. You know, I don't have, so people say, ah, uh, Brother Elby, I need you to pray for me. You know, I don't have time to pray. I'm working, you know. I come home, the wife, the children, you know, or the husband, the children. And, you know, then I got to come and cook and wash dishes. And, you know, I got to do, I clean the house. And after I come from work and then put the children to sleep, and I don't have time to pray, brother. And you know that you can pray while you're washing the dishes? You know that you can pray while you're mopping the floor? You know that you can pray while you're cooking food for your children? You know that you can pray while you're working? You know that you can pray while you're driving? I've done it. My brother insisted. I haven't gotten a ticket for a long time, over 20 years, I believe. No, no, I got a ticket not long ago. Four years ago, maybe. It was going a little bit over the speed, got a ticket. But I thank God my brother and sister went away. Hallelujah. But what I'm saying to you is this. You can do all these things praying to the Lord. You can pray to the Lord. You can even pray to the Lord in your bed as, as you go to bed. You're supposed to pray before you go to bed. But if, you, if, if God's not letting you sleep, and here's the thing. God, please, I want to sleep. I got to do this tomorrow. I got to go to the mall. I got to do this. And God don't let you sleep. That means that right now for God, the most important thing he wants for you is to pray. That means you're behind on your prayer. Someone said that prayer is a 10% like your tithes and offering. And you can be very faithful on your tithes and offering and very unfaithful on your prayer to God. And if God's not letting you sleep, it's because you're behind in your prayer. But Brother Elvie, you know, still I pray every day, and God still wants me to pray more. And say, nah. That means because you probably came to the Lord in your 30, and your 20, and you have a whole life behind you where you did not pray. And God wants you to get caught up with it. <laughs> you owe the Lord. You owe the Lord. 
my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. And we need to get caught up with God. And sometimes that's the way it is. If God wants you to get caught up with him in prayer, do pray. Do intercede. Do seek the Lord, my brother and sister. Okay? Get caught up with him. I don't know at what age you came to the Lord, to the knowledge, giving your life to Jesus, serve the Lord. But if you owe the Lord in prayer, hallelujah, pay him back. Pray, pray extra time. Praise the Lord. Sometimes the Lord does that to me. Say, okay, I'm going to pray an hour. An hour and a half, I'm still in prayer. Two hours, oh, I'm still in prayer. Why? Because he's, I want you to pray longer. I want you to stay in prayer. My brothers and sisters, thank you, Lord. I had my family visiting me one time. I was in prayer for three and a half hours. And the Lord would not let me come out of prayer. And when I wanted to come out of prayer, I wanted to end up the prayer. Nope. Nope. He wanted me in prayer. And I had my family visiting. And my, my sister went to my wife. Uh, how long has my brother, my brother been praying for? Three, what, three and a half hours now? Does he do this every day? Well, not, not every day. Most of the time, but not every day. Hello. Sometimes he goes longer. Longer, that, that cannot be okay. What's going on? Is he okay? Oh, he's fine. It's with the Lord, what's with his stay in prayer. And I must be obedient to him first. My brother and sister, it happen all the time. But it can happen a lot. And then what do you do? You obey. If he wants you in prayer, you pray. My brother and sister, you plan an hour, he wants to give him two. Thank you, Lord, because then you have a better day next day. Your day will go well next day. You will have strength on work. A lot of people ask us, if I don't get sleep, I'm not going to perform my work tomorrow well. But the Lord is asking you for extra time in prayer, and then he'll give you strength on work. He'll give you concentration. You have a clear mind. You'll be able to focus on your work and do better work. And your boss will be more impressed and all that. God wants to give you favor, but you, you think you don't need that extra favor, that you just need an extra hour of sleep. My brother and sister. And when you do that, you're not trusting on the Lord, he says. Trust in the Lord. You're not leading on your own understanding. You're leading yourself, leaning on your own understanding. And that's what the Lord said that we should not do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The, one of the problems people have, why don't they stay alone in prayer? When you go into prayer, it's not about you. It's about God and the need of other people. So when you go into prayer, it's not, you've got to do one thing first, and it's repent of your sin, your trespasses, take the arm, repent of your sin, trespasses, ask the Lord to cleanse him with his blood, body, soul, and spirit. Okay? Take the arm of the Lord. And like the priest, before he offered the sacrifice for the sin of the people, he needed to offer a sacrifice. For his own sin. My brother and sister. Okay. Then. He can. After he offered a sacrifice. Then he can offer a sacrifice for the people. In other words. We need to repent first for our sin and trespasses. And then. You begin to pray for other people. Okay. And then when you pray for other people. If you don't remember names. Pray for nations that you can remember. Pray for the people. The people in Ukraine. Need a lot of prayer. 
The people in Russia need a lot of prayer, like the people in America, in Mexico, in Australia, in China, in India, in Japan. There's so many countries right now that needs a lot of prayer. Israel needs a lot of prayer. My brother and sister, the IDF in Israel needs a lot of prayer. Netanyahu, who's studying his government now, needs a lot of prayer. There is so much to pray for. Ask the Lord to open your eyes, to help you pray for, the, for people, for nation, for, for government. My brother and sister, you know that there's over 200 million Christians in China, and they are being persecuted every day, and they are being killed every day in China. Do you think those people that are being killed in China, hallelujah, need prayer? Of course they do. Iran, Pakistan, and this country kill Christians that go there to preach the gospel all the time. They are being killed. The Lord took me in the spirit there, a Christian being captured and being raped and abused in, in Pakistan. My brother and sister, they need a prayer, and the Lord show me. Hallelujah. There are things going on around the world that needs a prayer. There are people that need a prayer. If you pray for them, they will not end up in hell. They get a great chance for ending up in heaven. My brother and sister, remember that. If you pray for them, they can end up in heaven. If you disregard and don't pray for them, they end up in hell. My brother and sister, the Lord showed me how important my prayer is for the people and for the nations. And every time he had me pray, he saved people, he showed me. Every time, every day, every night. So I tell my family, my prayers are very important. My brother and sisters, I tell people, I cannot propose my prayer. I cannot skip my prayer because people are being saved. The Lord is saving people through them. So it's important that we stay in prayer for the Lord as long as the Lord needs us to pray. And make that a priority. Make that a priority, my brother and sisters. Understand it's a priority. All glory to the Lord, none to us. Revelation 21 says, His servant was serving. All we're doing is serving Jesus. And we'll get a reward in heaven. Don't worry about that. Giving more glory. We all get a reward in heaven. My brother insisted. We just need to pray for them. Praying always, says Paul. How do we pray, Apostle Paul? All prayer and supplication. God, please save them. God, please reach out to them. God, please use anyone to talk to them. God, God, please save their soul. God, please don't let them go to hell. In Jesus' name we pray. Supplication. Supplication. Hello, this you coming to God in half of them, interceding for them, for them to be in safe, for them to come to the knowledge of Christ and Jesus. Hallelujah. One of the things that Brother from Iran shared was, Brother Elvi, I don't know how I came across your program. I was, I was online searching. I came across your program, click on and listen to your program. And God touched me so much. Hallelujah. As a Muslim, you know that we're very close in our belief. We, we, not, 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 nothing from the West and all that we receive here. And they tell us not to because we will be killed. But I came across your program. I, I opened my heart. I gave my life to Jesus through your program. Listening to your program, the Lord's Hour. And that very moment was so powerful. He says he felt his presence of God very, very strong. He could not even move. 
He right there confessed the Lord as the Lord and Savior. He felt everything in him being taken out of him. All the hate, all, all the anger, all the bitterness. At that very moment when he confessed the Lord as the Lord and Savior, all that the Lord took out of him. He immediately knew he was a new creature, he says to me. And I really wrote in a really long, big email. Oh, I said, oh, brother. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I am so glad. Hallelujah. He studied English in, in Iran. He learned English there. My brother and sister. And he, his English is pretty good. Hallelujah. And he, he, he says, now that the Lord has done this with me, now I know that he is real. You know that the whole nine since I received the Lord, I, all I can do all night long was pray, he says. His presence was stronger. As I pray, he says, all night long, his presence was much stronger. And much stronger. And much stronger, Brother Elvie. I feel so free. I know he is real. I know. I, I am willing to die for him. I know he's real. I know that he's so real. I can feel his presence so strong in me, the joy of the Lord. I said, oh, I'm so glad. Hallelujah. I'm going to my family to talk to them about the Lord. Hallelujah. I said, I will pray for you, brother. I am glad you have received the Lord. I will pray for you. He evangelized his sister, his brother. They already have received the Lord, his neighbors. And I ran, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. They, they get together in the house through the Internet to listen to the Lord's hour. Said, Brother Elvie, we get together to listen to your program. What a blessing. What a blessing. The testimony you share about the Lord, when you were sharing everything about heaven, everything we share, he says, oh, it's so incredible. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Hallelujah. I, can, I know he's real. I know, he says. And I said, oh, thank you. Thank you. This, this year is what this program is about. People coming to Jesus across the world, having an encounter with the Lord, my brother and sister, one-on-one. -on -one. This is what this is about, my brother and sister. And he's telling me how happy and joyful he is. His sister, his brothers are very happy. They have confessed the Lord. They had the same experience he has. And he's, they never thought the Lord was so real. When they used to watch those programs coming on television, they would change it, they would change it because, oh, that's, that's just uh, the West trying to, try to get to us, okay, United States people trying to get to us. So they will listen to us. But he said this time he knew it was different. He could not change it from his computer. It was so clear. My brother insisted. Hello, my broken English was so clear to him. My brother insisted. My broken words that I, I'm so slow to speak, that the, the message went so clear to his life, and he was able to listen. His broken English and my broken English from here, from the U.S., got together, and he was able to, when I said Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, and share the testimony, he was able to receive it, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. And that's a Muslim he was telling me. Hallelujah. How they don't listen to anything else, but all they do is read the Quran and pray, my brother and sister. But this time, God got hold of him, 
and he got saved and delivered and told his brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters, hallelujah, doing, they're doing Bible study in his home every week now. Bible study and inviting the neighbor hiding because he said if, I, if our people find out, they will kill us. They will kill us. Our own people will kill us. He and Iran, if they find out what we're doing, hallelujah. My brother insisted. I tell him, we'll, we'll pray for you. Don't worry, brother. We'll pray for you. Just just keep doing that. Get, get to know the Lord. Read the Bible. Get to know him. Get, get a hold of the Bible. But even that has to be hidden. My brother insisted, they have to hide the Bible, okay, in different ways so they, they cannot find out, okay, that they have a Bible. Hide it and then hide it in the homes. It has to be, the Bible has to be hidden, more hidden than gold, Bible insisted, because these people will kill them. Hallelujah. And so they need our prayer. They, these people need our prayer. Bible insisted. He's going out with a group hiding, okay, to reach out to other people. Bible insisted for more people to come to the Lord. This, this has given me so much joy. Hallelujah. So much joy. Hallelujah. To come across people like this. Hallelujah. How this internet is so powerful that God can use it in any, any other country. People in Spain. People in Germany. People in France. People in all these different countries, my brother insisted. Coming across this program, even in Russia, receiving the Lord in Alaska. My brother and sister, that's the Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. And then they tell me they're listening to the Lord there. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. People in Africa, that right now, I think it's, it's like 12, 1 a.m. in Africa, and they're listening to the Lord's Our life on this time. Hallelujah. Brother was saying, Brother, I got to go. I got to go to work tomorrow, but I don't go to bed without listening to your program live, Brother Elvie, on Sunday. I'm like, wow. Hallelujah. 1, 2 a.m., he's listening to the program, my brother insisted. Being blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How can we not be grateful for what the Lord is doing in people's life? Where people across the world are being safe. A family contacted me from Israel. Hallelujah. And they're telling me the different family are listening to us live in Israel. I said, are you serious? Yes, brother Elvie. They're telling me what they are in Israel. We're here, hallelujah, in Tel Aviv. We're listening to you live. Huh? Life? Yes. Hallelujah. We love your program, Brother Elvi. We're praying for you here in Israel. The Bible says for us to pray for Israel. People in Israel are telling me they're praying for me. Oh, God is so good, my brother and sister. He is so awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. My brother and sister, I share how I had time to speak with a Palestinian man and share the gospel with him. Hallelujah. At first, he thought that I wanted to convince him to reject his religion and receive the Lord. But that's not what I was doing. I wanted him to be open to receive something new from the Lord, that God sent his son to die for him on the cross. And if he didn't receive what Jesus did on the cross, he was missing the best anyone can have. My brother insisted. He never heard it that way. Huh? That's not what he heard Christians saying. If you don't receive what he did for you on the cross, you are missing the best. Huh? Hallelujah. 
At first, he didn't want to listen to me. But he then he said, tell me more. Tell me more. Hallelujah. And I said, I will. Praise the Lord. If you don't know how to evangelize, you need to ask the Lord. Because maybe you're one of the Christians, hallelujah, the one to share the gospel how the church been trying for a few years and has been failing. Hallelujah. What Jesus did on the cross, it, it, was, it, was, just, it was not just something. It's the best thing humanity needed while they were deep in sin and darkness. Bible insisted, it is better than gold and silver in anything you can inquire what Jesus did on the cross for you and I. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you don't want anyone to tell you about it. The only way you're going to get to know what he did on the cross for everyone is by you receiving him as your Lord and Savior into your life. Hallelujah. I told a man one time. Confess the Lord and receive it into your life. And then tell me about it. Because you cannot understand what I'm talking about unless you receive it into your life. It's like a wonderful food. I can tell you about this food that is amazing. But unless you can and get a taste and hold of it yourself, anything I can say about it is little. But unless you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior into your life and begin to walk with him, hallelujah, what you are going to find out with him is untold and it is unheard. When people go to heaven, when people receive Jesus and they go to heaven and they begin to walk with God, what they learn is untold, it is unheard. Because it is between them and God. I cannot tell you what you are going to learn from God if you walk with him. Because your walk will be totally different than mine. And what he can give you will be totally different than what he has given me and anybody else. No one can tell you what God has for you. My brother insisted about what is in the word. But in your experience with him is so amazing will be so amazing that you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and begin to walk with him and experience him. Hallelujah. This man said to me that down line as he was crying with Jesus, the Lord appeared to him. I was talking about the Lord appearing to him one-on-one, to us. The Lord appeared to him in his living room. And the Lord showed him himself as his Savior. He looked at Jesus and he melt, crying like a baby. Hallelujah. And he said, he is real. He is real. He could not stand in his presence of the power and anointing that was coming out of Jesus. Standing right there in his living room as the real God and man also. He could see him. Man, but he knew also by the power coming out of him that he is God. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. What a mighty experience. My brother and sister, he said he was standing there in my living room in the middle of the night. His light shined over my, my house. 
His lie was so powerful that it can come out of my windows. And he is real. He's not a story. Hallelujah. He's not a story. He's just not just part of history. He created the whole thing. He created history. My brother and sister, praise the Lord. He had no word to tell me what he encountered. Hallelujah. And I rejoice with him. My brother and sister, he is real. God is real. He is more real than us. He is more real than the heavens. He is more real than the earth. He is more real than creation. He is more real than everything because he created everything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> and he made himself available for you. I said, Lord, Lord, Lord. Why don't you appear to your children, Lord? I have people ask me, I want Jesus to appear to me, Lord. Why? And Jesus came to me in my dream and says, my son, I'm looking at him. It's because they don't believe me, he says. They don't believe I am real. They don't believe me. He can see the unbelief in their heart, he says to me. They don't believe I am real. Hallelujah. And I said, wow. Wow, because I really want him to appear to so many people. New people that receive the Lord, and they believe, and he appears to them. And I got all the people years, and he had not appeared to them. So I had to ask the Lord, Lord, why? Why, Lord? He says, it's because they don't believe in me. They don't believe I'm real. He says, I, he says in his word, I will come and show myself to them. Hallelujah. My brother and sister, hallelujah. He wants to appear. You know, when he brings someone to hell, and people in hell see him for the first time, they walk all their life on earth, where Joshua went to hell, and when they see Jesus, 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 they say, Get me out of here. Take me out. Lord, take me out of this place. I'm suffering. And the Lord said, when I spoke to you, you did not believe in me. I say my servant. I say my preacher. I send them to you. They told you I was real. They told you for you to give my life to me. But you did not believe in your heart. You were full of unbelief. You believe in everything else that said in me. When I created everything, he says. And they are, Lord, please, it's too late. Your judgment has been set, the Lord says to them. Your judgment has been set by my Father. And they're crying to the Lord, please, Lord. No, your judgment has been set. I sent my servant to you, and you did not believe. The problem with people is unbelief. Unbelief. The devil uses unbelief against people, and he's filled their hearts. The God is not real. He speaks to the ears that God is not real. And he makes them believe that God is not real. The God that created them, that formed them in the womb of their mother. The God that created the heaven and the earth. If you can see the sun every day, if you can see the moon every night, God created those things. He is more real than those things. He is a real God, a real person also. The person of Jesus. And he wants to commune with you. He wants you to believe him so he can come and manifest himself to you. Thank you, Lord. A young lady came to me years ago. 
There were many of them, but I remember this one. She has hallelujah, been wanting and was burning with her heart that she wanted to see Jesus. I said, sister, that's something I cannot guarantee to anyone. That has to be between you and the Lord. But if you begin to pray and fast and ask the Lord to show himself to you, he will. And she went into a four-day fasting. She's a nurse in Houston, my brother and sister. Went into a four-day fasting. Hallelujah. Before she ended her fasting, in a dream, Jesus came to her. She saw him. She said, he is real. He is real. He was looking at her and smiling and speaking with her. Oh, he is real. He is real. That very moment, she knew. She knew the God that spoke the Bible into being. The God that spoke in Genesis. Hallelujah. Let the earth be. Hallelujah. He that created all right there was showing himself real to her. Thank you, Jesus. She was amazed. She was amazed looking at him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The God that in the beginning created the heaven and the earth. Hallelujah. And the Bible said that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water, and God said, let there be light, and it was light, because everything God speaks is so, because he is God, and he is the creator of all, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. He wants to come and manifest himself to you and I, my brother and sister. He wants to manifest his person. Hallelujah. That he is who the Bible says who, who he say he is. Hallelujah. In, in the last days, the Lord wants to manifest himself to his people. But he wants his people to believe him, to walk, hallelujah, hallelujah, to walk in his light. The apostle Paul says to the Ephesians, but all things that are reproof, it may manifest by the light, that's Jesus. Whatsoever does make manifest is light. He, hallelujah, manifests everything, but he's also manifests himself among his people. Amongst the children, the children of Israel, my brother and sister, Jesus, hallelujah, manifests, hallelujah, himself to them many times. The Bible says, hallelujah, that he was among them. He was among his people. That means that they knew that the Lord was among them. Hallelujah. My brother and sister, hallelujah. John 14, 21 says that he that have my commandment and keep them, it is, it is, it is that love me. And he that loves me shall be beloved by my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him, O oh Lord. O oh Lord, manifest yourself to your people. Love Jesus. Love Jesus. Pray to love him. Pray to keep his commitment. And when, hallelujah, he will make that possible in your life, because you cannot do it on your own by your own strength. Without me, John 4, 15, 4 says, and 5, there's nothing you can do. He can help you to be holy, righteous, 
pure. He can help you to keep his commandment and love him. Love him. My brother insisted. And when the Lord says, I know you love me, my child. I know you're keeping my commandment, my child. Then I will love him, Jesus said, and manifest myself to him. He wants to manifest himself to you, my brother insisted. Hallelujah. He wants to love you and manifest himself to you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He wants to show you. He wants to show himself to you. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Romans 1, 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it unto them. God wants to show himself to you. Barbara insisted. But you're going to have to repent your pride down and unbelief every day. And you're going to have to pray you keep his commandment. And you're going to have to pray that you love him. Take his armor as we're speaking. Praying always and no praying supplications in the spirit. Watching thereunto all perseverance and supplication for all saints. How much of the all saints are you praying for? Or you're just praying for some of them. The Bible says you should be praying for all saints. Hallelujah. So make it part of your prayer and obedience to God and his word. Okay? As you persevere in supplication for all saints. Okay? This is our daily obligation to pray for all saints. Because all saints are going through persecution one way or another, or be intended one way or another. They need, we need our prayer. It's not that you just pray for someone today and not tomorrow. Hallelujah. Usually when people ask me for prayer, I make it out of my prayer list. Say, Lord, I make this person out to my prayer list. So I don't forget anyone. When someone asks me for prayer, I remind the Lord when I'm praying for the prayer list. Lord, answer those people that have requested prayer from me that are in my prayer list until I hear from the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. That's how you can keep everyone all together in a prayer list. When people request prayer. So if someone says, are you praying for me, Brother Elvie? Do you request a prayer for me? Yes, then you're on my prayer list. Thank you, Lord. How am I going to remember the th- thousands of people's names? Just, I'm not going to remember all those names. Make them part of a prayer list. And, and when someone say, will you pray for me? Hallelujah. Make them part of your prayer list. And then t- pray to the Lord about the prayer. Their need, whatever they're asking for, Lord. Salvation for the family, whatever it is. Make them part of the prayer list. Have a prayer list for everyone where you can get everyone in the same page. It's an endless page, but you can get thousands upon thousands of people on that page. And then when you pray for that page or together, you don't need to remember the names. The names are already there, and their prayer gets answered. My brother, my sister. Thank you, Lord. If it wasn't for the Lord's help, I, I would have not known these things. My brother and sister, we need the Lord's help for everything. And then Paul said, pray for me. Hallelujah. That utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. One of the most difficult things is, when, when I, sometimes the Lord reveals me these powerful things that I'm amazed. But then when I come on the radio, my throat is being attacked, which is warlock sometimes. So I have to pray like it happened to me earlier. It's the Spanish program. But I pray and pray and pray, took the armor, hate your protection, will of fire. 
And boom, rebuke it gone. It's all gone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. My brother and sister, we that are doing this, the one to share, hallelujah, these that we be able to audience that may be given to me, Paul says, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. There are mystery in this gospel that the Lord revealed to us. The other night I said to the Lord, which this is for Tuesday night, but I'm going to share some of it. I said, Lord, how many people, have 500 people or more have already died in Ukraine? And first I said, I said a million. And the Lord, no, 500 plus are dying in Ukraine. The Lord confirmed to me in prayer. Wow, I'm not going to get this from CNN or Fox News. I'm getting this from the Lord, my brother and sister who knows everything. Hallelujah. My brother and sister. But we'll share more of this on Tuesday night program and a Bible study. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. But you can only know this from the Lord. The media here lies, lies, lies. Hallelujah. But we'll share some of it because Russia from the camera on the drum, reveal a bunch of video this week on how they're going into Ukraine and overcoming anything they're bringing in there. It's on video on YouTube, online, not on YouTube, online, okay? Real live video of what's going on in Ukraine from the Russian satellite so everyone can know and see what truly is going on, not the lie of the media. We'll talk about more uh, on Tuesday night. I have some of the audio. My brother insisted. I thought I wanted to bring some of the video, but I don't think it's important, and some people may be offended. So we'll, we'll leave all that behind. My brother insisted. But what's really going on is better to, to go into the Word, study what the Word said, what God already said through his prophets, how it will be for the last days. If we take what God says and compare it to what is being told in the mirror, you're going to find out in the mirror it's a bunch of lies. God says in his Word how how would the Chaldean deal with the nations in his Bible? My brother insisted. How the Russia will deal with the nations in the end of time? My brother insisted that there will be two nations standing, Russia and China. There will be other groups that will join them, and they will be standing strong to go against Israel. But that will be the last mistake, the last mistake, my brother and sister. But we go into the Word, we read this in Daniel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Revelation. We go through the Word, hallelujah, Ezekiel. There's so many prophets that spoke about these things right from the beginning. How they will be in the end. See, God shows you the end from the beginning, the Bible says. So even you, go to, you can go to Genesis and see what says in Genesis. Because the same way, Job comes from Genesis. What they did to Job in his home, his family, his children, they destroyed his home. They killed his children. That's a prophecy indication of what they will do in the last days. What I read in Job, I saw Russia doing in America. What I read in Job about killing people, I saw Russia doing it in America. What they do in Job, destroying Job's home, in the, in the same way they're going to destroy home in America. And around the world. Same way. So what you read in Job, and what God has shown through his prophet, is the same. Same people. Same wickedness from the beginning. But the Bible said through Isaiah that these are people that were none. I also found more verses indicating that those that were called that were none 
were called the, the sons of the Nephtalians. And I was shocked. I was like, wait a minute. I'm reading this in Genesis about the descendants of the Nephtalians, and I'm comparing it to what Isaiah says, that these people were none. Then I found other people that were none, but these were of the Nephtalian. I'm like, this gives you more information into really what's happening. My brother insisted that it's so wicked and it's so evil that the elite are counting on what they're doing. And the six of them and a half, my brother insisted against the nations. The victim here are the people that are not trusting in God, that are not repenting, that are not under the blood of Jesus, that are not trusting the Lord to be the refuge and the strong tower in these end of time. Because that's what God is calling the nation to come into repenting, into humbling himself, and come under the shadow of the Almighty. Let the Lord be the shield and the protection in the last days. Because if they're not trusting in the Lord in the last days, my brother and sister, there is an economy going to fall soon. And many other things are heading to, this we're heading to. We need the Lord to be our commander in chief in the last days, to be our president and our leader in the last days. My brother and my sister, to protect us and deliver us from all the, the, the plan of the wickedness and the evil one. The Lord has said to his prophet that he is judging the wicked ones, that his judgment of the wicked ones had already began. I got Sister Barbara last word from today. Hallelujah. Then Sister from Tennessee talks about the thirteen. got to hear this because he's going to begin to judge the wickedness. More information will coming up on Tuesday night. We're going to go into the Bible. We're going to study this mystery in the Bible. Hallelujah, that the Lord will bring it to light, help us understand what's happening in these last days. My brother and sister, have your Bible ready. Let's, let's, let's dig into the Word. Let's go deep into the Word on Tuesday night and learn all these uh, end-time plans that they have, that oh, there will be only one victorious, our Lord Jesus Christ, who reigns forever and ever. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. Uh, welcome to the God Solar 7 End Time Prophecy Channel. Um, I'm Sister Barbara, and I'm here today with the prophecy that I started getting yesterday. Uh, let's see, today is um, uh, January 29th, uh, 2023. So join me in the King James Version Bible. I'm going to be in the book of John, uh, chapter 8, uh, let's do verse 12. Then spake Jesus again, unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. How wonderful. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's see, January 29th, 2023. I got this uh, first thing this morning after hearing parts of it yesterday. <laughs> I am in the thunder. I am in the lightning. I am in the wind. I am in the rain. I am in the fire. I am in the snow. I am the light. Do you know me? I am coming to get you. 
Do not fear. Everything is about to change. You will be safe with me. Cover your eyes from the pictures on the screen. Do not watch. Wait for me and listen for me. I will whisper in your ear. You will know it is me calling you. Do not fear. Suddenly, you will be with me. Suddenly, you will be with me. My time has come. Oh, Holy Spirit. All right. How about that? I didn't know what I was getting. Look, got the Holy Spirit from head to push. I didn't know what I was getting. I kept on hearing over and over. I'm in the thunder. I'm in the lightning. I didn't know where he was going with it, but well. Suddenly, you will be with me. My time has come. Imagine that. Imagine him hearing you, him call you to him. Imagine him whispering in your ear. Our God is alive. He's not on the cross. He is alive. He is everywhere. He is with you. He's saying, do not fear. Let's see what else is going on here. That's the Holy Spirit all over me. I can't even look at it. I am coming for you. I'm coming to get you. Praise God. To be in the mansion with our Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine that. Now, I'm going to remind you again. Get a Bible and read it yourself. Don't let anybody tell you um, something that is supposedly truth and it's not in the Bible. That's why I'm telling you to read it for yourself. Time is up. He's saying he's coming to get us. You will know it is me calling you. you do not fear. Suddenly you will be with me. My time has come. This is just amazing. Our God is amazing. He tells us what's going to happen. He warns us in advance. That's why I'm telling you again to get your house in order and prepare. Prepare your family. Let them know what's going on. And don't sit there like crying like a victim like you didn't know. I'm telling you. We're at the end. This is it. Uh, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can read about that in the book of Acts, Acts 2.38. Let me see what else. Um, now, Brother Dan is out of town. He has two appointments this week coming up at Doctors. Okay. This I found interesting. I have another one, and so does Brother Dan. Cover your eyes. Mine says, cover your eyes from the pictures on the screen. I have one that says, do not look at the light. Brother Dan has the same thing, do not look at the light. So there must be going to be a massive, um, what word can I put on here without uh, getting a problem? Massive carnage. That he's saying, don't look at the screen. I'm assuming the screen is either the TV, your phone, or the Kindle, or whatever. Don't look at the pictures. Imagine that. I won't, especially after he said it, because then once you see it, there, somebody usually says, 
Once you see it, it can't be unseen. So if he's warning you straight up, don't look at it, don't. Suddenly you will be with me. My time has come. Okay, uh, so before I forget what I'm doing, because I normally do, I just want to thank everybody on here uh, for all the uh, translations under the videos and the other languages. Um, thank you, everyone, uh, for the encouraging comments um, and the uh, little uh, comments helping maybe other people that are sick or going through a problem. Uh, thank you, everyone, especially that helps the ministry uh, financially, because we can't do anything without you. Um, and praise God, I heard from my friend Timothy, he's okay. Uh, praise God, I heard from Cynthia, I asked uh, on almost every video that she leaves a message so we know she's okay. She had a stroke, so she needs prayer. Um, what else? Uh, Brother Dan, uh, he had a, uh, let's see, what kind of surgery was it? I don't want to go into all the personal details of it, but let's just say he had a prostate surgery and he's still trying to recover from that. Um, next, he's going to be working on the stomach issue because that's not resolved either. That's why he has two out of, out of town, I, uh, I want to say out of state appointments coming up to see if anybody knows what's going on that could help him. Um, he said he gained a few pounds, uh, but he still can't eat without getting sick. And thank you everyone that sent us things, supplements, we get all sorts of things in the mail. Uh, letters, notes, cards. Let me see what else on this property. Wait for me. Listen for me. Okay, now I'm telling you this. I mentioned this be uh, before. Now, the Lord speaks to you in different ways. He might speak uh, to you through a scripture. He might uh, speak to you through something you see that triggers maybe um, a scripture in your mind. Because that's what he does to me a lot of times. I'll be looking at something, then all of a sudden, wham, I get something from the Lord. So don't discount it and ignore it. This could be him. This could be his whispering into your ear. He doesn't want anybody to perish. This is why he's waited so long to come back. I remember my grandpa saying, well, not my grandpa, somebody said to my grandpa, oh, they've been saying that for years and years and years, and we'll, we're still here. Yep, we're still here. We're just waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on him. I'm waiting to see what he's going to do. Um, he knows exactly what the time frame is. He knows exactly what the appointed times are. Now, I mentioned this too. Um, God's uh, calendar, or should I call it calendar, is not based off of like the clock like ours is, or his time. His time is based on appointed events. Now, I know I have two prophecies out there. Uh, that say um, this is an appointed event. I don't remember when they were from. I'm thinking one was from like in a November. It says this is an appointed time in, in history. Right, let's see what else. Um, let's say a prayer before I forget that. <clears throat> okay, so if, if you're on here, you're probably laughing, why do I forget everything? Um, I do have a playlist out there. I had a major stroke and was never supposed to survive or leave uh, the hospital. So let's do the prayer of Jabez that I arranged for me. <clears throat> uh, bless me indeed. Expand my territory. Keep evil and the devil away from me and my family. Let your hand be with me always. And please don't ever let me cause anyone harm or pain. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Dear Lord. Pour out a blessing on all of your friends and subscribers on, on the ch uh, our channels and our pages, on our Facebook and our YouTube. 
Um, these are your messages uh, that, that you are allowing me to speak. Thank you so much. And again, please don't stop praying. He's still answering prayers. Nothing changed. He's still listening to you. Don't ignore him. Alright, what else? Is there anything else I need to mention? I'm sure I'll know after I hang or what do you call shut down. Did I mention anybody? Okay, I think we're pretty good here. So have a blessed and safe day. Uh, remember to like and follow us on the Facebook pages. I'll put the link there. Um, and make sure, I saw this under there, they're not subscribed again. So make sure you're still subscribed and hit the notification button. I saw your note there, Bernie, on it. So thank you. So please make sure you're still subscribed and hit the notification button. So let me get going here. God bless you all and have a blessed and safe day today. Well, my granddaughter is coming today. That's usually like a barrel of monkeys and laughing for hours. So we love you guys. Be safe. Hi, this is Vicki Goforth Parnell, and I have come to share a word from the Lord. I was doing this by video on my computer, and all of a sudden, my video thing shut down. And in the name of Jesus, I'm going to get this out. I bind every spirit from hell that would come against it in Jesus' name, whether it be through human hands or whether it be through demonic. It all leads back to Satan. So I would like to pray first, and then I will share this word. Father God, I come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I come boldly as a beloved daughter, as a beloved daughter, because all your children that have accepted Jesus are beloved children of the kingdom. And I come boldly in Jesus' name, and I pray that the fire of God would anoint me, Father, that I would speak not one word that's not of you. Father, I do not fear what man can do unto me or the little tricks or anything, but God, this is your word, and it will go forth in Jesus' name. I do not stand here and deliver these words without fear and trembling, knowing if I say a word that's not of you, I am held accountable for it. So I stand in the power and the might and the boldness of the Holy Spirit and of God Almighty through Jesus Christ, through his blood and through his name. Now, in the name of Jesus, I bind every demonic force from hell that would come against this video, that would come against this message and this warning in Jesus' name. Whether you be earthly people possessed by Satan or whether you be just the of the hierarchy, I come against you. I stand against you in the power and the might of Jesus Christ, his name and his alone. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Every plot, every gin, every snare, every device, every arrow, every scheme, every command, every keystroke, I cancel it in the name of Jesus according to Isaiah 54, 17. And you said that also in that verse, Isaiah 54, 17, that we could condemn those words that are spoken against us in judgment wrongly. I speak death over them and not and cancel them out and speak life into my situation in this ministry. And I plead the blood of Jesus, that powerful, all, all cleansing, all powerful blood of Jesus over this broadcast, over this video, over the, the write-ups and, and the sharing and the audios in Jesus' name. Father, you send it where you intend it to go. It cannot be stopped in the name of Jesus. So I bind every hindrance, every hindrance, electronic, technical, physical, supernatural. I bind it all in Jesus' name. Now, all hindrances coming through from Satan and his hierarchy 
whether through humans or whether it is just through spirits themselves, entities, right now I take authority over you through the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Matthew 18, 18, what say we shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And Jesus said, greater things than this shall you do. And he gave us power to cast out demons and to bind. We know to bind the strong man according to the word of God. So I take you and wrap you in everlasting chains, dipped in the blood of Jesus, as Jude 1, 6 tells us of. And in that I take and I break your jaws and I break your teeth and I pierce your ears with the sword of the spirit and I pike you from groin to head in Jesus name. And I take my sword of the spirit and I chop you up into itty little bitty pieces, a trillion pieces. And I scatter you through the power and name of Jesus Christ to be held to the day of, of judgment bound in blood dipped chains, everlasting chains on every ritual site that Satan has has had or will create so that all who come who all who come to worship satan or practice will see their remains will see spiritually will see and know that my god did this over their god in jesus name so that jesus you will be glorified in all things because you have been given a name a name above all names a name with Every power known and unknown contained in that power, in that name. He is given a name. God is giving you a name highly exalted above the earth, above all others. That's in, in Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Where every knee shall bow, I choose to bow willingly. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, every place that's been vacated, I pray that you would release your glory and fill this place. I pray that the holy fire of God would rest upon me and let me not speak a word. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would be released, that peace, joy, love, the fruits of the Spirit in this area. And Father God, I speak in boldness. I will not back down. I will not shut up. I will not sit down. You cannot stop me. I am a child of God unless God appoints a time for you to do so. So I'm not giving up. I intend in Jesus' name, as I have been telling others, to be a Holy Ghost wrecking ball to the kingdom of darkness in Jesus' name. All right, with that being said, I'm going to start this with the verse that he gave me. In Jesus' name, Father, lead me. Numbers thirty-two twenty-three. But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sins will find you out. Be sure your sins will find you out. Just bear with me. This is my first live stream, but this is what the Lord has told me to do. Lord Jesus. This word came forth on 1-24-23 at 5-21 p.m. And it is titled, Council of Thirteen, I See You. God is not playing games. God is done in many ways, but he still loves fiercely and loves us all. This is the word, and I ask that you please pray. I have somewhat to say, my daughter, to the upper elite. The council of the highest level of three that your hidden secret society rules from. From your lofty peaks of power. You sit on your man-made thrones given to you by Satan, your master. You strike fear in all those who oppose your power and position. You are cruel and uncaring about the people you rule so carelessly. My people, 
Oh, thank you, Lord. My people are not cattle to be herded, cattle to be slaughtered by your hands. I see your counsel of those many thought dead, being kept alive by your technology and its many advances, your counsel of 13. I see you from my throne in heaven. My eyes search to and fro across the earth, never resting. I say to you now, your rule of power is coming to a swift end. As the man of sin steps fully into center stage of your world above the ground, he has already been crowned beneath it. Antichrist, the lawless one, will not share his power, worship, or position with anyone, nor his wealth. For you wicked, for your wicked, rotten, evil seeds you have sown, O reprobate high council of thirteen, your hidden society, I shall allow Antichrist to strip your very life away from you. Your cloning techniques won't save you. Your mind transfer machine called the Lazarus machine will not save you from my righteous hand. Your cybernetics and sorcery, your genetic mutations won't save you from my right hand of justice. Your healing beds will not restore you. I shall shake the very foundation of the world down to the depths of the waters below as well as the earth beneath. Where will you run, O upper elite of the Council of Thirteen? Where will you run from my great wrath? There's nowhere to run or hide. I see it all. I am God. I am truth and righteousness, and I am the light that exposes all that you thought you had hidden from most of the world. Bear with me. Jesus. Your hidden society, power tier of three, holds no true power. For all true power, all true power has been placed into my name, Jesus, and in my hands. No manipulation of time and space shall save you from my anger and wrath. I see and hear every evil order, every wicked thought you have done and had and shall have in the future, yet still. I am omnipresent. You are not. I am true judgment, pure, righteous, and holy. While the judgments you call forth upon mankind in your secret chambers of the stars are evil, wicked, and malignant to the very world you seek to rule. I speak to the council of 13 who have so boldly blasphemed my name. Judgment comes to you now. Reprobates you are having your conscience seared with a hot iron. Your sins have been weighed and you have been found wanting. O upper elite of the Council of Thirteen, of the Hidden Secret Society of Earth. I give these words to my daughter, just to you, without fear. She is mine. I am protecting her and all her on all she loves. And you know it, because your prior attempts to get to her have failed. Now this is for all three tiers of your secret society. 
Number one, for your hoarding of food and supplies, you have gathered for yourselves while driving the world into famine and depletion. I take from you the very storehouses you possess hidden below the earth's soil, and above, even within the waters and oceans deep. A quaking and shaking is coming your way, leaving only for you the genetically modified, mutated foods you poisoned the population of the world with. Number two, my beautiful babies and children that you terrified, abused in the most abominable ways, taking perverse pleasure as their little voices welled and cried in pain. Then you took the life of many during their drinking their very life's blood for your evil, wicked devices and for supernatural abilities. This is your judgment, both fair and just. The man of sin, the lawless one, will call upon his Nephilim giants to tear you from limb to limb. And no technology, no AI connections, shall be able to restore your life or soul. Oh, Jesus. Antichrist, the man you worked so hard and sold your souls to Satan to bring to power, shall take your very lives. The beast he is shall share his power with no one. When he considers you as no longer needed, then this shall be your fate, a fate, a judgment that is just, fair, and true. For I am holy, and I can only give judgments that are holy and righteous of the sins you have been found guilty of. Your crimes of sin I have also weighed for all you have done to my beautiful earth and its its creatures that inhabits it. As you try to wipe my very existence from it all to make a more suitable world for your master, Satan, and his man of sin to rule. You have been found guilty, so now I give you a world of ruin to rule. I strike the waters from above, poison them with your own weapons of mass destruction, as well as the earth's soil. I am taking the controlled fields for food on the earth above and in the bunkers and complexes beneath, you have set aside for the wealthy and elite, for the ten kingdoms to come, elites and sin locusts, and blight upon them all. A cursing of mildew and mold shall destroy the very crops you have hidden from the eyes of the world, but not mine. I see it all. I burn up the earth, scorching it in a ruinous heap. Your artificial wombs to birth babies will not be enough to maintain a proper food supply. Yes, I know your heart and reason for all things. You will live to see some of this to occur. And because you are so evil of heart and drunk on the power, you have been given, O Council of Thirteen. You will forget my words, my daughter speaks for you, so that when Antichrist raises his hand against you, 
It will come as a surprise. You will be unprepared. A judgment just, fair, and true. I am God. You are not. I am the Savior of this world. You are not. You are hate. I am love. And in love you have been judged justly by the standards of holiness of Father, my Father God, the great I am, who sits supremely ruling over all. All that I do is so he shall be glorified. I do my Father's bidding. I am the righteous judge. You know who I am. Your master Satan knows well who I am. Your remaining two other tiers of your hidden society know who I am as well. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. I am the bright and morning star. I am hope that you cannot destroy. I am truth that you cannot crush. I am the living word that you cannot destroy. I am the power within my children. I am the boldness inside them for the things to come. I am the voice inside them that will not be stopped. I am the strength for them to face death because they will not refuse my holy, righteous name. I am, the Lord, I am their Lord, their provider. I am their peace. You are none of these things. I am the judge, the righteous judge over all. You are not. You are powerless against me and my right hand of justice. So even as your master Satan is allowed to rule shortly upon the earth of mine, it is only allowed to fulfill my written word. You cannot stop this. You cannot stop me. I am God. He is me. We are one. And you know this. Now you will see the proof upon your world, O council of 13, of all my servants, daughters, and sons. My true ones have spoken against this world for all sin not repented of. I have spoken this night, this day that are one. Hear me well, O hidden secret society. My anger is kindled against you and your elite of this sin fallen world. Your Hollywood stars are falling Your businesses are failing. You just don't see it yet. Your wealth is now eaten by moths. I take it all from the elite and wealthy, and into poverty you shall go. No position, no fame, and no possessions, and no wealth. This is my righteous judgment upon the elite. Your hidden secret society, including the Level three of the Council of Thirteen. So you will have no misinterpretation of my final words. Daughter, again I say, you must share this when I lead and without fear. They are mere men and creatures created by by men. I am God. I am Jesus, your Savior and Protector. I have defeated their own God, their God, Satan, their master already. All power is within my hand, hands, and until my appointed time, no one can touch you. And now here are the verses. And he gave me the verses. So I will give you the verses. 
And Lord willing, we will get this in a PDF and have it on the website and on Facebook and Telegram as the Lord leads. All right. Hebrew 9, 7. Proverbs 5, 21. Revelation 1, 17 through 18. Luke 12, 15 through 21. Philippians 2, 9. John 12, 31. 41 through 50. Matthew 5, 18. John 17, 1 through 5. Luke 1, 50-53, Psalms 18, 1, Job 21, 29-33, Proverbs 1, I'm sorry, Proverbs 11, 1-9, and 1 John 4, 17. So I would ask that you please take this to the Lord in prayer. There is a God in heaven, the God that we serve and we love, that rules in righteousness and justice. And he is only going to allow for so long, so long for the elite to not go unpunished. I have been obedient, Lord. And I did not even know I had um, comments going. It's my first time uploading like this. So praise the Lord. It's all the Lord. But I would like to ask if any of you do not know the Lord Jesus Now's the time. Now's the time. Judgment is here. Judgment is not only upon America. It's on this whole world. Judgment is upon this whole world. So if you don't know Jesus, please accept him into your heart. It's not going to make things go away, but it'll make them a lot easier. And he is a love, a love like no other, pure love, a holy love. He is love. And when you give your heart to him, he'll wash away your sins. And sins is anything you have done wrong against God's God's will, his commandments. Repeat this prayer after me. Father God in heaven, if I have committed sins and all, all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, Jesus, to come in to my heart. I confess that you are the Son of God, the Son of God, the Son of the living God, and that you came to to earth so that I could be redeemed. You came as a baby born of a virgin, and you gave your life so I could be free, and you rose again on the third day triumphantly. I accept you as my Lord and Savior right here, right now, in Jesus' name. And I confess them to other people as well. Amen. It's that simple. It is that simple. It is that simple. The gospel is simple. He loves all and will forgive all. Unless you blaspheme the Holy Spirit or take the mark or willingly go into a sin he's convicted you of repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly. Anything else is forgivable. What you think is the worst sin, like a pedophile or a murderer, a rapist, that is still forgivable. When you think how the Lord, the night, he knew that Judas had done talk to the council, the Pharisees, and and the Sadducees about betraying him. 
Yet he still washed his feet that night in the Lord's Supper, still sat and had the supper with him. He still loved Judas, even though he knew what Judas was going to do. And he still loves Judas. We have to love unconditionally and forgive all. All right. So with that being said, I will say this. I see your little comment, Sonic. Your Satan has no power here. He's done and defeated by Jesus Christ. So we give you praise. And with that being said, I am going to end this stream and say God bless. Stay under the blood. And let's all pray for Sonic that he will receive Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus, this representative, this this person or group, whoever this is, it's this profile, we pray that the convicting power of the Holy Spirit will fall right now upon him. This, this person or group calling themselves Sonic. And God, we pray that your love would also come down and he would realize that there's no love in Satan. Father God, I ask that you would stir his heart, his, their, their beings, God. And if they don't accept you right now, that you would pursue them and lean on them, Holy Spirit. And I pray that the convicting power of the Holy Spirit would appear in dreams. Give them torment in dreams of hell and let them realize that it is real. Hell is real and that you are real. And that he will go to hell if he does not repent. He will be cast into the lake of fire where the worm dieth not. And there will be welling and gnashing of teeth. And we ask this and love Jesus because we care for for his soul or their soul. We care. We love him whether he loves us or not. So, Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. We ask this. I ask this, Lord. Amen. All right. With that being said, good night. God bless. Well, afternoon. It is like 1.21 p.m. my time. Love you all. Stay under the blood. God bless. Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. I am continuing with bringing out the prophecies that have been on the blog since 2019, all the way up to whatever current messages the Lord is giving me now in November 2022. This prophecy is directly during the time that we had been sequestered, um, locked down. It's May 29, 2020. So it's two and a half years old since the Lord spoke this word. The title of this prophecy is, And the Angel Sounded. And it's going to be looking at some very strong themes from the book of Revelation, primarily Revelation chapter 16. And what God was talking about in this prophecy, because this was a very strong word, the Lord woke me up at 4 a.m. And the way that he was speaking, there is a way that God can express his displeasure. It is my deep desire that we do not mistake the Lord. The Lord is so loving. The Lord is so kind. The Lord is so tender and gentle with his children. God even approaches those who do not want him with kindness, extending to them mercy after mercy, grace after grace and opportunity after opportunity but there comes a time when every parent for god is the parent of the christian god is the parent of the false christians the christians who are prepared god is the parent of all living because he created us 
and he owns the solo patent to human beings. And so even those who don't want to be saved, even those who reject God, even those who by their choices and their lifestyle and their continual refusal of God, putting up the hand to God, rejecting grace, rejecting Christ, God even is the father of those people. And therefore, as the ultimate parent, there comes a time when parents get tired of talking. There comes a time where even you as a human being, you get tired of telling your children and you simply move from conversation, you move from negotiation, you move from warning, you move from second, third, fourth warning, and you go straight into action. When the Lord woke me up with this message at 4 a.m., the strength that he was coming with, I really thank him that he understands that I am just flesh and that he always covers even the full force of his anger, even when there are times that the presence of God bears down on my heart so strongly, somehow I know he always tempers it at the level that he knows that flesh can bear. And so I was hearing multiple voices. Sometimes I will be hearing the Lord, but at the same time, different things are going on spiritually. And this message was like that. The primary voice was this. God was forceful. He was intense. And yes, he was scary. He was very angry, and he was saying that things have reached the point where he has to judge the world very harshly now because they leave him no choice. Remember, I said we were in the opening grip of the CV-19 um, global pandemic, first time that you're seeing a worldwide lockdown and things like that, and so obviously tensions were high, fear was high. Um, majority of people did not know what was going on, but the Lord had already started giving me clear understanding that this was the flexing of the one world beast system that he had been showing me for years prior to that point. And so we were right in this thing and he was telling me that, yes, this is your judgments that are starting because you have left me no choice. Mankind has sinned themselves up to the cliff edge and then sinned themselves right off the cliff. And so he said people even continue to sin as if judgment had not entered the world. And of course, when you lock people in um, here, um, as we look back, we saw these articles in the news where it said, oh, people are shacking up more than ever. So all the people who were fornicating, what better thing to do to entertain yourself when you're on lockdown than to just increase the sin? People became lethargic. Um, There were reports of alcohol sales going up, domestic violence going up. And so the Lord spoke true. He said people leave him no choice but to judge them harshly because even when judgment comes to the land and people should have some cognizance that this is judgment upon us, they did not and they carried on with life as usual. And I spoke in the dream that is called Settle the Accounts of Men. If you have not seen that video, I'm going to link it below. It is an extremely sobering and important dream. And the dream opened up with me seeing how different groups of people reacted to the shout that the bridegroom was on his way back. And the first group of people that God was showing me are people who didn't even notice the time the season. They did not care whether the bridegroom was on his way, stuck in traffic or anything. They did not change anything about their lives. They were not aware that judgment was coming to the earth. They were not aware that God was on the move to come and repay each living person according to their deeds. And so they changed nothing. And God says that um, he does exist and he has the right to judge all men and to condemn 
condemn sin, and he is going to do that once and for all. And so this prophecy that the Lord gave me is that plagues are going to come to this earth. And I've spoken about it recently, and now this is the first of them. I will not do each one, but I will do the two main ones. It says, a terrible rush of plagues will hit the earth from now on, and each one will be worse than the last. And please bear in mind, when he's saying now, now on, he was talking about 2020. He was saying things like plague, um, more plagues would be coming. So he said that we would begin to see rolling waves of pandemic sicknesses. Then he gave the word in 2021 called um, Behold a Pale Horse, Behold a Pale Horse Part 2, and said that old and ancient diseases would be coming back. But these plagues are of a biblical nature. This one that I'm talking about, this is about one plague, and that is the coming of blood, the plague of blood. So as the Lord was speaking this, this was the main voice. But as he was talking, I was hearing other voices speaking. And one voice said, behold, the angel shall sound. So God is talking all this stuff that I've just said to you. But there's a voice going, behold, the angel shall sound. Behold, the angel shall sound. And then another voice said, and then the fifth angel sounded. And I was shook. I, I was listening to God and these other voices are making proclamations here and there. And I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. So I recognized that these were words from the book of Revelation. And I said, Lord, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Can we be there already? And if we are, God, how did we get there? And the voices kept proclaiming, behold, the angel shall sound, and then the fifth angel sounded, and then a new voice said, and behold, something like a great mountain burning with sulfur was thrown into the midst of the sea. And I knew that heaven was announcing that there is a shift in the times. It is essential. You know, um, the Bible says that when Paul was teaching in the different territories as he was traveling and establishing churches, there was this group of people called the Bereans. And it says that when they heard Paul preaching, they were not like other people who will just show up somewhere and you can, you can just tell them a yarn and then they will just say, yes, we, we believe. Or like another group that we have that no matter what you tell them and no matter what evidence you show them, they are obstinate in their hearts. And then they say, we will not believe. The Bereans were wise people, and they searched the scriptures that Paul was telling them because these were not people who were naturally um, of the Jewish faith. So they, they obtained copies of the scripture, and they searched it diligently to see if the things that Paul was telling them were so. Now, when heaven is announcing a shift for men, it is very tragic if men do not recognize the time and the season that has come upon them. So if the Lord, for instance, says that he will be bringing harsh judgments for sexual immorality and that the judgments will be so harsh that he will allow little animals to begin feeding on people and nesting in their private parts and eating at them in ways that terrify the doctors and that he will take away even pastors and, and husbands who are committing adultery and wives who are committing adultery, that he will take them away in the very acts 
of the adultery. Take people away in the very act of fornication, saying that people will die on the chest of the men and women that they are not married to. And yet, in that climate, with such judgments coming into the earth, you are unaware of them. You are on Tinder and Bumble and all the stuff, and you are still continuing business as usual. The Lord says that if people do not separate from what they are calling this gender confusion and this same-sex attraction and keep justifying their fleshes lust, then he says that when these people are passing away for judgment will strike them for desecrating the temple of the body with sin and offending against God who has said that kind shall not lie with kind man not with man as with a woman woman not with a woman as she would with a man if people keep doing this then the lord says that when the judgment does strike for the judgment will not draw back because you didn't know about it in fact you will become the casualty of that judgment people will fall prey to the activity of what i call the cutting blades that have now entered the earth and the blade will cut you whether you knew that it was the season of the blade or not. And so if we are not aware of these shifts, then we are not like the Bereans and we have not searched to find out if the things that are coming forth from the Lord are so or not. And so this is what the Lord said. After those voices had made those announcements, he said, I will take the water away. I will take away all the drinking water and turn it to blood. For three days, all the water on earth will be polluted, undrinkable, and bloody. I will revisit the plagues of Egypt upon them. The water will be blood, and men will have to drink juice, tea, energy drinks, because water will be polluted with blood. Blood will come out of the bathroom taps if anyone tries to bathe or wash himself. I will corrupt the lifeblood of the earth since they have altogether corrupted themselves with sin. You will announce the plague of blood. You will even announce the plague of the firstborn. If men continue to sin against me without repentance... Then the firstborn of this earth shall die as they died in Egypt. And when I woke up from this prophecy, I was amazed. Part of my amazement were the words the Lord used. I will go over them. But part of my amazement was also the fact that a few months previous, I had received another prophecy where I found myself in Greece. It was modern-day Greece, but God was showing me a curious sight. The people who were the inhabitants of Greece do not, did not look like the way they do now. They did not look appear, um, European in appearance at all. In fact, the people who looked European in appearance were the tourists, the, the original inhabitants, the people who were proudly trying to gather around me and receive me as a guest and show me their monuments here and there. They appeared to be African. They had accents and they were jostling with one another to say, no, show her this, show her this. And they had strong accents and they did not look anything like the current day people. And as I was trying to be polite to these people and also trying to take in the sights, I heard screams. The title of that prophecy is called Signs in the Earth. I heard screams from this very beautiful fountain that was in center stage. And um, I heard the scream and it was like, blood, 
blood in the water. And then I I wasn't standing near the fountain, but I, I looked into one of these fountains that was near me because there's a large piazza, you know, with beautiful... These people had huge fish. You know the fish, they're like this, and then the mouth is open, and the water is just gushing out into fountain and, and art pieces everywhere. It was a beautiful, large piazza that I was in. So I glanced into a fountain that was near me, and I didn't see anything wrong with the water. And I just thought, what is this? Because the shouts were breaking out at different parts of this large, decorative, centerpiece type of place. And then as I looked at the side of this ornate bowl, so it's like a fountain with just water sprinkling up. And as I looked at the side of this fountain's bowl, I saw that it had cracked and what was seeping out was not water. It was blood. And then when I looked again, I saw these little tendrils. You know how blood will spread in water like ink, like they show in the movies. I saw that and the screams were becoming more urgent. Blood! Blood in the water! And right before our eyes, the water that was available in that place turned to blood. And so my understanding from that first dream was this will happen to Greece. But some some time later now, the Lord showed and he said he will take away all the water, making it polluted and undrinkable and bloody because he will give this earth as punishment for persistent sin. I don't think that people really understand a lot of Christians. This is my estimation after this time in close contact with thousands of people. Many people do not understand how dangerous sin is. This is squarely on the heads of the pastors who have taught the last 40 to 50 years. They have opted to stay away from sin because they are man-pleasers at heart. They have opted to turn away from preaching the full cost, the full counsel of the gospel, which is to tell people that there is a God who loves them, that there is a God who is seeking to repair the broken rift between man and God by offering us the bridge of Christ Jesus who laid down his life upon that cross, the perfect sacrifice, the propitiation, which means the full and more than adequate payment for our evil to bring us back to fellowship. But they only preach one side of the coin. They preach God like an available jack in the box, and they forget to say that God is multidimensional, that he has feelings, he has emotions, he has the right to disapprove of everything we do that is flagrantly disobedient to what he told us to do in his word. And because pastors have left this out, the fault is with them, but the fault lies with the sheep as well because they have consented to be poorly taught. If you do not know how dangerous sin is and you do not know that the wages of sin still are death today in 2022 and forevermore, it is also your fault. You consented to receive a partial gospel. You were not a Berean. You did not go into the word of God to see if what these love is love and love is true and only love remains. Churches told you was true. You did not open this book. And if you find yourself unprepared 
at this hour where God is talking about taking away people's firstborn sons. How many out there have firstborn sons? Are you willing to lose your child because you did not have the full apprehension of God's word? People are preaching Jesus as if he is some jelly lotion potion. Oh, he knows your heart. Yes, he knows that the heart is deceitful and that it is wicked above all things. It's wicked, it's deceiving, it constantly makes excuses for itself. A person caught in sin always has that one little secret excuse tucked away somewhere to tell them, well, you know, um, I'm not the only one. Do you know where that logic leads? That logic basically means, in simple English, I'm willing to be one of millions in hell for doing something. I'm not the only one. That's the ending of it. I always encourage those who view this channel, whenever you have a thought, never have that thought and leave it alone. Always follow that thought to its logical conclusion. It's not so bad. I'm not the only one. Those are little pebbles on the Hansel and Gretel trail that lead you to the house of the witch called of course you're not the only one. There's 50 fulfilling people in fornication and you can join the others in the lake of fire. That's where that kind of thinking, that's what tucking excuses into little places leads to. Satan is a deceiver and people consent to be deceived. God says that he will take away water, he will turn it into blood, he will pollute the drinking water because he's going to judge us at Exodus, book of Exodus, plague level. And then when I say take heed, listen to the word of God on this channel. If God has brought you here, he has probably brought you, brought you to the one of the few places that does not care about your feelings, that does not care about your emotions. I am not one of the pastors who will compromise the word of God to cater to you feeling okay. I am not going to speak at a level that you can find acceptable so your heart can feel, well, okay, but she's speaking with love. Love is caring enough to tell you that hell is real and that you are not too special to go there. No one is too special to go there. Whoever presumes upon God's grace, presumes above his love, can go there. And it's a one-way trip. God brings you to a place like this and to still be led by emotion and to still be juvenile. Some people just because certain things are mentioned, then they say it's a false prophet. Why? Because they have no room in their hearts to accept the God who is preached here. They reject the God who is preached here because the false effigy, the Guy Fox burning man that they received in the false churches, they loved that false effigy too much to accept that he is not real. A puppet Jesus, who knows your heart and will never condemn sin, you tuck an excuse in here and he will say, here's another three to keep you warm for the next three months that you keep sinning this sin. Mrs. Potiphar tried to touch Joseph and that kid bolted. The idea of touching another man's wife, he had been raised so well on the laws of God. And remember, there was no New Testament for Joseph to be raised on. The law had not yet come. It was just, it was just, you know, there was no Moses. They had not gone to Mount Sinai. The, the Ten Commandments weren't there. 
But a little boy knew, mm, adultery is wrong. She's not my wife. He said, how can I sin against God who forbids this? How did he know? How did he know that far back? Because the righteous laws of God are in the hearts of men. You don't need a cheer squad to know what you should do and should not be doing. And grown adults will say, oh, I didn't know this was sin. Aren't you being disingenuous? Aren't you being disingenuous if a child knows what sin is? Little babies, why is it that when you rebuke them, they look sad? Because they know what is wrong and they want to do it anyway. It is the prompting to love evil and shun good. The leftover stains from standing in the garden and choosing to eat from a tree. Let me say this, choosing to eat from a tree that will justify evil because it has some good properties. I'm saying all this for the weed users and the ayahuasca and other psychedelic users that say, oh, but if you use it in microdoses, yes. Let's microdose the evil thing because it has some good benefits. This is people. And then you stand in front of a God at the end of your life full of light and dark, wickedness and truth, a true Adam and Eve child carrying good and evil in you, and you stand in front of a God, guess what, who cannot countenance evil, who has no space for it in heaven. He is only good, all good, all the time. And he looks at you and he says, ah, I see that you also are leavened through with leavened. Leavened through with leaven. And now you are outside of the body. You cannot go back and unmicrodose the sugar. You cannot go back and stop justifying that, oh no, I mean, weed, if you do it this way, it's bad. But if you roast it this way at the third level, it's, it's actually quite, it's a portal gateway opening drug. There is a reason it is being legalized all over this nation. A high nation is a nation open to be inhabited by spirits, demons, and devils. Any nation that becomes a drug-using nation is as good as dead. The drugs will do some, and then the demons that jump in people and have them peeling off the skin of the innocent will do the rest. Good and evil, light and dark, dwelling in the people, dwelling in the church, and they forget that this life is a twinkie-sized moment. And then after that, judgment and eternity with Christ or in fire. But to appear wise, to appear apothecaries, to appear, no, I've studied this celestial. You don't know the good side of it. Imagine trying to sell the good side of darkness. And most of it is because the propaganda machine that runs the media and that runs the educational systems have told people, oh, no, this is good. Right now they are legalizing this mushroom thing. The media centers, TV documentaries are selling it hard how we can open up untapped areas of our brain if we just try a little bit of this, it's too potent in its raw form, but we're finding ways to synthesize it because it helps people access old memories and it helps healing and it helps this and it helps you to stand before a God who is light. Bless your name, Jesus, with no darkness in him. And he will say, ah, a pity, leavened through with leaven. 
The Lord says he will take the water away because we're going biblical in terms of how we'll be judged. He said juice, tea, energy drinks. And with me, I always spend time looking at these at these things because people will read this prophecy back and then say, energy drinks are bad. Why would God say that we should drink energy drinks? Well, when all the water has turned to blood, you might not be so picky. So if you think about things just longer than 30 seconds, you will pick up all his nuance. He's not telling us energy drinks are good. He's telling us that you will be so thirsty that you will be drinking five-hour energy, whether you like it or not, simply because it's liquid. And he says that he will corrupt the lifeblood of earth. Earth's lifeblood is water. And he says the reason he will do it is because the people themselves are corrupted with sin. So why do they need fresh, clean water? Announce the plague of blood. And you will even announce the plague of the firstborn. Now this is painful. That people will start seeing their firstborn child passing away because that firstborn child is stubbornly opposed to coming in out of the hailstorms, coming in out of the rain, coming in out of the sin. God was telling me as I was preparing this prophecy, saying, tell them that I have heard their sins. And this is specifically to the U.S. This prophecy is everywhere. He said he will do it everywhere. But this part, he was saying, tell them that I hear the cry of blood from the ground of America. I hear the cry of the Native Americans and the African Americans. God said, I hear the cry of the children. And such an odd thing. The blood of the children, he says, sings to me. Now, scripturally, when Cain slew Abel, the Lord said, to Cain, after asking him and having Cain deny and act like an only child, I don't know who you mean. God says your brother's blood is crying out from the ground. So see, the Lord saying, yes, the Native American, the African American, all the people who have been murdered here unjustly, all the people who are being dug up from under the garage now. A month ago, the Lord said cold cases would explode back into the public eye. He said all these lost bodies, people who they, they pour, put their body into the foundation of the house and then built the house on top of them, hiding murders, hiding this and hiding that. He said old cases and see all the old cases now. It's the top thing. Everybody's podcasting about 30 years ago. Yeah, God says it may be entertainment to the masses, but God is saying that he's giving these dead bodies rest. He's going after the perpetrators. Even if the perpetrator is dead, God is going to make sure that your name is smeared on NBC, CBC, and all the seas. He will make sure that your dirt comes out so that you don't rest in peace, but you rest in infamy and shame, which you deserve for killing people. Dead bodies will speak, he said. But this thing here, the firstborn being taken away. This is people who are hard-hearted, resistant against the grace of God. Some of you, you have children. You have done well. It is just that the strings of your heart will not let you let go, but you have done well. And I'm not telling anyone to give up on their children. What person, what mother, what father? Who brings life into this world which just go around snipping? Yes, they're terrible parents and they go around snipping. But they're people who are willing to go under the bus for their children. And all I can tell you is some of these children are hardened to the point of no return. 
You can stand outside your, their door crying, crying, crying to them. They will never come back. And some of them, they only require severe faith and a fighting stance to bring them to their knees and humble them before the Lord. Many of you, you're trying to fight face-to-face battle with your children, and you don't know that the principality of the dragon, that brazen, hardened, know-it-all, whose other name is Satan, is inside your child. The more you talk, the more they're like, listen, Mom, I don't want to talk about this. Mom, don't make me cut you off. You can't have conversations with Satan. You have to go over his head and appeal to the only wise judge and beg for these souls, otherwise these children. And when I say children, I'm even talking up to your 51-year-old child who has like 18 boosting arms in the arm and is waiting for them to release the 19th so she or he can go and get it. You have to appeal for them upstairs on your knees with regular fasting, calling their name and saying, no seed of my womb will be wasted unless these firstborn from his mouth, not mine, will go to the grave because of their sin. And so in in Revelation 16, Verses 4 to 7, it says, And then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and was and is to be, because you have judged these things. For they have shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their due reward. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. And God was telling America, though these are global, these are global plagues, the plague of blood turning to water, but he was telling America that he hears the different tears, the different many groups whose blood has been shed and whose, whose blood is crying out to him from the ground. But the Lord said that the blood of the infants, young children and babies that has been shed here, curiously, he said that that blood sings because he says these children are totally innocent and have done nothing. And America will be given blood to drink because she herself is a drinker of the blood of others. And now where it was saying, and I heard the fifth angel sound. You can find that in Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 to 6. And it is detailing the fall of a powerful prince to the earth, Apollyon by name. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit, and he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth. And to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And the power of scorpions, obviously, is to sting with an agonizing and often fatal sting. And they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their forehead. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. 
and their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, but death will flee from them. And then the last declaration that I heard in my sleep was, and then I saw a mountain burning with sulfur and it was thrown into the sea. And that is Revelation chapter 8 and verses 8 to 9. Then the second angel sounded and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. And I will just linger here for a brief moment because... There was quite an interesting misconception about this. I think it was earlier this year when La Palma started to have that volcano. And here came out the theologians again based on emails that were going around saying, well, when this falls and sinks and then it will start a tsunami. And of course, 10 months later, here we are still waiting for that tsunami. But praise the Lord. And people were saying, this is the mountain thrown into the sea. People, please understand um, that the Bible... Sometimes it uses hidden arcane language. Sometimes it really, it can take months. It can take months carefully chewing the scripture, asking for the scripture to be open to you, reading this and reading that. And as your discernment increases, because of so many lies on the internet, there are times when I will open a document and immediately after I read the top of the document and the person's name and I start to read, I just know this is a lie and this person is deceived. This person was confused in their second sentence and therefore this is a 10-page document that is based on confusion and lies. And I'm just able to click out of that. I do the same in my work and it is just a particular grace that God has given me because without the ability to discern truth from lie, how can anyone prophesy in the spirit of God? Will that person not be carrying a belly full of wind? Thrown into the sea means it must come from an upper place to the bottom. A thing is not sitting in the sea like a volcano and then drops into the sea and you call that throwing. It is submerging to sink into that is not throw when the bible wants to say something will sink into something else then it will say so when it says something will be thrown something is going to be hefted with great force from a height to a lower position so exactly what it says something that will appear like a mountain, it could be even a planet-sized rock, will be thrown from a higher place, lower down. And since we're as low as it gets, something is going to fall down here into the sea and destroy the sea, a third of it, becoming blood. It doesn't say anything about a tsunami in the verse. I always say to people, the greatest respect and honor you can give God among the 10,000 great respects and honors, read what he says. Take it at face value. It's not hidden from us unless it says, seal up this mystery for the time of the this and that. Or this is a mystery God means for men to seek out. But once it's just saying words, if you have your Bible in Portuguese, you have your Bible in you know, Tagalog, you have your Bible in English, whatever you're reading, whatever it says there, just read it as that and you will be blessed. 
Whatever it says, that's what it is. God bless you. And so these are judgments of an escalating kind that are coming upon the earth. The whole earth, seals of revelation and things like that are of equal application across the whole world. And so these are times necessary for intercession. These are not times to be easily panicked. These are not times to let anyone spook you from a place of groundedness in God. Don't let, there's a practice in hunting. There's a reason that people go hunting with dogs and not parakeets. Because dogs are noisy and dogs are very boisterous and dogs are always eager to get out there and do something. That's their nature. So what people do is they send the dogs ahead and then the dogs scent and track. And when they pick up a scent, they begin to bark excitedly and then they go after. They begin to pursue and chase. And then whatever that is, whether it's a deer, whether it's a moose, whether it's a fox, that thing that may have been trying to hide in the forest, trying to hide in the savanna cover, it comes out into the open and begins to run. Even lions and other big cats do this. They stay low to the ground. They try to stay downwind. But when they get close enough to their prey, then they let out the sound or they pounce or they begin to run. And that's called flushing. The prey is driven out into the open. Why? Because the end is destruction. Nobody's trying to be peeking in the trees for the prey. You want to get enough media reports out there. You want to do enough this, enough that, until the heart of the prey no longer can trust. It no longer wants to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. It doesn't care about the shadow of the Almighty. It's like, listen, it's me against the world. And the minute you step out, the dogs are upon you, and the end of that is destruction. There is a reason that God says that those who keep their eyes fixed on me, perfect peace, I will keep him in perfect peace. It is true. It does take time for the peace to be perfected. But you know what? Halfway peace is better than no peace at all. Halfway peace is still a pretty good deal and you can work on the other half. May the Lord bless and keep you. I'm working to get these prophecies out so that the Lord can be glorified for his words. Global plagues are coming. The other plague is called the plagues of Egypt, and I will try to get that one done tomorrow. Until I see you again, God bless you. Keep your eyes on the Lord, and may no one flush you out into doing things hastily, acting hastily, acting out of character, acting out of panic, Moving to Paraguay before asking God if you're even supposed to go to Paraguay. Let God lead you. Let God order your steps. Until I see you again, goodbye. The Revelation of St. John the Divine, Chapter 1 The Revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and to keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, 
Grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so. Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Theatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks one, like unto the Son of Man, clothed with the garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Chapter 2 Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, 
will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. And to the angel of the church in Pergamus write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. And unto the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. But that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Chapter 3 and unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, 
and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names even in Sardis which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Chapter 4 After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. 
And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was, and is, and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne, and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Chapter 5 And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book, and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, Neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Chapter 6 and I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, 
one of the four beasts, saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a pity, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death. And hell followed with him, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Chapter 7 and after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Aser were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Nephthalim were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Manasses were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Simeon were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Zabulon were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed twelve thousand. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, 
of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Chapter 8 And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded. And there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of trees was burnt up and all green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood, and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters, and the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded. And the third part of the sun was smitten. And the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened. And the day shone not for a third part of it. And the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven. Saying with a loud voice. Woe. Woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. Chapter 9 And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke 
locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given power as the scorpions of the